Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. I'm coming in. Hey, this is Chicago Hill, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Hey, how y'all doing? It's Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports, man. I'm geeked to be joined today um, by Zach Ruffman. Yo, so um, he's a contributor over NFL contributor at ProFootballAction.com, man. Um, but also a former uh, NBA writer as well, right? So I know how you get down with that. Um, I want to make sure that we hop in and talk to you today about some NBA questions that I have burning in my mind, bro. So I can't <laughs> wait um, to hop into this conversation. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people, man. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, I am, yeah, a writer for ProFootballAction.com. We cover, you know, NFL from sort of a sports betting fantasy football standpoint. And I was formerly with a website called Tailgate Sports Entertainment, where I covered the NBA. And yeah, I'm just excited to be here. I'm excited to 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 talk up these questions with you and, and break it all down. Awesome, bro. Look, I can't wait to hop into this first one because um, it involves a player that, um, you know, I, I kind of like, man. I don't think it's no secret that I like LaMelo Ball, man. And so um, I want to get into this. Currently, there's a bit of a battle for the number one spot in the NBA draft, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's between Wiseman, while others believe that LaMelo Ball, right, is the best fit for the Timberwolves. I saw somebody tweet that today, right? Um, in your opinion, what's the best fit for the Timberwolves and why? So in my opinion, the best fit for the Timberwolves, I think, is LaMelo Ball. Um, the reason I think it's LaMelo Ball is because I don't, be- I don't trust – so I'm a huge Lakers fan. Um, so I've been paying attention to the Lakers for a long time through all the terrible years uh, and through all the great years. Um, but for, for me, D'Angelo Russell – no doubt D'Angelo Russell's becoming a star, right? Um, the dude, he had to go somewhere else to get away from LA and all the things that happened while he was there. When he went to the Nets, he really showed out. Then with the Timberwolves, he's playing great. My thing about LaMelo though is, I guess the question becomes, where does he fit with D'Angelo Russell on the team, right? But my opinion of D'Angelo Russell is D'Angelo Russell isn't what I want at point guard. D'Angelo Russell is what I want at shooting guard. I want D'Angelo Russell to he can handle the ball, that's fine, but I don't think he needs to bring it up the floor every time. LaMelo can be that guy that brings the ball up the floor, gets better open looks for D'Angelo Russell space. But like he doesn't LaMelo ball can't shoot. Like he can't shoot in the NBA. That's my opinion. He his I, I look I looked at his stats again today from what he was doing in Australia and like he had a couple of games where he went off, but a lot of his games were he was shooting, you know, thirty-five percent from the field. And so where are you going to put him on that team? My opinion, put him at point guard, see if he can be something like Lonzo and facilitate, distribute the ball, get rebounds, hustle, do the things that D'Angelo Russell doesn't want to do. D'Angelo Russell's not going to be a, you know, 11, 12, 13 assists a night guy. LaMelo might be that guy. And if LaMelo's that guy, that gets D'Angelo Russell. He's got to move off the ball a little bit, but I think it really plays to his strengths. His hand, he doesn't have Kyrie handles. Right, like he's got he's got some handles, but he's not Kyrie. So if you get him the ball, he can create his own shot a little bit. But if he's not bringing the ball up the floor, he can put himself in a better position to take better shots. 
I love it. Um, if if he doesn't go number one, right? If Lamelo's not number one, then the possibility exists that he could become a part of that Warriors squad. Do you believe he's a good fit for the Warriors? Absolutely not. I I can't. We're talking about where would he play with the Timberwolves and D'Angelo Russell. Where is he going to play on that roster? I mean, Steph and Clay should be back healthy all season. He's not taking minutes from them. They're, I believe Clay's 30 and Steph is 32. So it's not like you're building for an immediate future, especially with the way those guys play. Yeah, they got some injury history. But, I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of their career, if they can't run around anymore, they can stand there and spot up shoot. They can have an entire second career spot up shooting in the corner if you want to. So, for me, LaMelo doesn't bring shooting. They've, Steph has his own ability to pass the ball, to create his own shot, to get phenomenal shots off. Like, Steph is – Steph is too good and Clay's too good. Where are you going to put him? Where are you going to put a guy who can't shoot? I, I'm, I put, I, if I had to put money down, he's not going to shoot more than 30% this year from three. So where do you put him on that roster? Do you want him coming off the bench? Are you wasting the number two overall pick on a guy that you know is going to come off the bench like be, for years? Like I don't, to me, that doesn't make any sense, but I mean, that's, I guess that's why I'm here. <laughs> So where do you see them going with that pick? Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> hopefully big, right? Hopefully, hopefully somebody big. That's been that's been, I think that's been the Warriors' like only problem for so many years. I mean, Javale Javale really played great, um, being kind of like the fifth or sixth option um, on their championship runs. But they don't have any size. Um, they've overcome that size deficit in the past because Draymond is scrappy and because uh, they, they could shoot their way out of it. You don't need size necessarily if you've got that many people who can shoot the ball like that. Um, but if they're going to come back, they're going to contend in the West. They're going to be, I mean, everybody's looking up at the Lakers right now and the Lakers have a lot of size. Even if we, you know, even we don't know what's going to happen with Dwight Howard. We don't know what's going to happen with uh, DeMarcus Cousins, JaVale. We'll get to that later, but can they shoot their way out of that? I mean, Portland couldn't shoot their way out of it. Houston couldn't shoot their way out of it. Uh, now, I think the Warriors are better than both of those teams. But, I mean, then you got the Nuggets, right? The Nuggets got a lot of size. Um, Utah has got size. Like, there's going to be teams that are going to take them inside, and they need better interior defense. And they need, some, they need an option that can score down there and get double-digit rebounds. I mean, when was the last time? I don't know, so I might be wrong. But when was the last time somebody averaged double-digit rebounds for the Warriors? And how long did they do it? And like, how consistent was it? I, I can't think of somebody. I mean, JaVale is probably the best big man they've had in a while. And that's, I mean, they were able to overcome it. But moving forward, they're going to need to get some size. Man, I love it. Let's talk about Anthony Edwards, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing a lot about him. He's a player coming out of um, Georgia. Can he have success in the league in year one? Um, do you see him having success? I know it may be hard for any rookies to have success in the league in year one, um, but is he that type of talent that can come in and, and have some success year one? Sure. And I think, you know, this is – I don't like this draft. I don't think anybody really likes this draft, um, especially outside of the top three, top three, you know, prospects, Wiseman, uh, Ed, Ed, Edwards, and LaMelo. Um, so – I mean, if, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be those three. There's questions about his defense, right? There was questions about his defense coming out of college. He's very confident, though. Um, he said in his, his 
he said his workout and interview with Minnesota went like really well. He felt really good about it. He made a point to say that he thinks he can guard anybody in the league. So I, I like his attitude. Um, I don't think he's going to come out and have, you know, a Luka Doncic, Trey Young, um, who, you know, major impact on a team year one. No. Um, but I like people with swagger, even if it's, you know, not proven yet. I like people who are going to go in. They, they think they can compete with the best and they want to show it. Um, and we'll see. I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not going to put money on it, right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bet money that he's going to come out and have some kind of stellar year, but again, you know, it's fits. Where does he fit? Does he go to a team that he fits in? Does he go to a team where he rides the bench? Um, and then how, how does he, how does he perform under that pressure? So, you mentioned this. You said, look, after the top three, nobody really likes this draft, mm-hmm. right? It gets um, it gets really rocky after that. It's almost like, you know, throwing darts. You never know, like, what's going to land. Um, so who are some of the prospects that you believe, like, is there one? Maybe there's, like, one or two that could come in and be somewhat of an early contributor. Um, you know, I think yes, and I think it depends on on the team that they go to. Um, I, I, I think it's less for me, it's less about the players who get drafted and more about the teams drafting them. So the team needs, uh, as the teams draft them, if, you know, whoever the Lakers take at 28, if they take, you know, a guard or or whatever, I don't think that that guy's going to have an impact. Right. Um, but if you're talking about, you know, Phoenix, um, if Phoenix takes, you know, uh, some, I don't know, a forward, um, whatever forward they take, like I'm not going to be impressed or high hopes for them, but because of the nature of the team, I think that they'll find a way to contribute. Same thing with like Charlotte. If Charlotte either moves up, um, I know Charlotte's been talking about moving up, um, but if they don't move up, they've got plenty of holes. So any team with a lot of holes, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's less about the player. It's more about how much time they're going to get. So teams with like a lot of holes, Charlotte, um, the Pelicans, even whoever, you know, whoever they end up with uh, getting, getting depth, whoever they draft is going to play significant minutes unless they're just absolutely terrible. So, so there's not really, so to answer your question, no, there's not a guy that I think, you know, is, or two that's going to come out and, and really shine. Um, somebody will, right. It's the, it's like somebody's going to have a great season, but I think it's more about, you know, what these bottom feeding teams can do, um, to put some pieces around what they already have. Look, um, you mentioned this earlier. You talked about the Lakers, and you, you just kind of, you know, um, went into that conversation. There's a possibility that they can repeat, at least in some people's minds. But there are people who are staunchly against any possibility that they could come back and repeat because they think it's a bubble type of situation. And we're in the bubble. It's a special situation. Awesome, right? In your mm-hmm. opinion. Do you think the Lakers can repeat? Um, I absolutely think they can repeat. Uh, I think it's dependent on a lot of things. Um, LeBron's getting older. He, he spent, not this past season, the season before, injured. Uh, the season starts in just over a month. Um, so, same thing with the draft. Going back to the draft, I mean, these guys are going to get drafted in five days, or, well, five days from today. Um, and they got to get with their new team and get workouts in in the middle of a pandemic and see how they fit and find a place for them. Same thing with the Lakers, the Lakers, you know, the, the bubble thing, bubble thing drives me nuts and I get it. I, and 
I understand what everybody's saying, but everybody was in the bubble, right? All the teams who were in the bubble were in the bubble. So every team had that opportunity to be in the bubble um, or, or negative factors from being in the bubble, whichever way you want to slice it, all the teams had the same, you know, uh, set of issues they were dealing with. So whatever people can say what they want about that, but they absolutely can repeat, but like LeBron's got to stay healthy all year. Anthony Davis has to stay healthy all year. Anthony Davis has to stay in the first place, right? There's a potential that he could walk. I don't think he's going to walk, but if he does, then if he walks, no, they're not repeating, like just plain and simple. But um, what moves are they going to make? What's going to happen to Rondo? Is Rondo going to re-sign with the team? Reports came out that he was looking for $9 million. I would give Rondo $9 million in a heartbeat, but that's a lot of money. Um, can they shed Danny Green's salary? What are they doing with JaVale? Um, who obviously doesn't fit with the team at this point. He was a defensive liability. I'll take you back to the Magic game, January, I believe, 15th against the Magic in Staples Center. He let Markel Fultz look like Kemba Walker. It was a, it was unbelievable and so he can't do it defensively anymore he's not an offensive threat he, there's really no point in having him out on the floor of course he opted into his deal because no one else is going to pay him because he's terrible so what do they do with that is Dwight coming back is Boogie coming back is Boogie going to be healthy I don't know so um they got a lot of holes there's a lot of talk about you know trying to get Chris Paul trying to get uh Bradley Beal trying to get Victor Oladipo who came out and said today he's committed to the Pacers. Um, if they can add somebody like that, uh, even I saw DeMar DeRozan, they're talking about DeMar DeRozan, but my problem with that is I just don't think that Pop is going to trade somebody that would benefit the Lakers to the Lakers in any way. I mean, he did it before with Paul George, um, not Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and refused to even take calls from Magic because he was not going to trade. He was not going to let him be traded there. So I don't know about that. Um, I like, I mean, I'm never going to bet against LeBron. If you've been betting with LeBron for the past 17 years or however many years it's been, you, you, you're doing pretty well. So um, I'm not going to bet against LeBron. I hope that they, you know, can stay healthy. Um, and then we, we got to see what the Warriors do. What, 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 what do the Warriors look like? What do the Nets look like when they come back? Where does Paul George and Russell Westbrook and all these guys end up? Chris Paul, where are they going? How are they getting there? You know, um, but how do the Clippers still have draft picks to trade? Like how they gave up everything for Paul George. And I saw today they're trying to trade him and a first for Russ. And I'm like, what, where are they getting this first? Like, I, so, so I think things like that, um, you know, Danny green can't start. Danny green cannot start and have, and us have any chance at repeating in my opinion. Um, We almost lost several games because of Danny's poor performance and like the death threats and stuff is insane. Like that kind of stuff. Like there's no room for that in any form or facet of life. Um, But the man was terrible and he has to accept it. And, you know, um, KCP though, maybe they, maybe they, you know, we'll see what they do with KCP. Um, Huge, huge impact, especially in the finals. Um, So we'll see. There's a lot of good teams out there. It's I'm excited to see, how the whole playoff picture takes shape in on both in both conferences. There's a lot of expendable parts on that Lakers squad, mm-hmm. right? As you were going through and naming these guys, there's a lot of exp- extendable, I mean, expendable parts, man. Um, but there are so many great contributors, right? Yeah. And and I feel like a Rondo, you know, wouldn't be. I feel like there's rumors that Rondo may be going to the Clippers, and I think that would be deadly for the Lakers. I think that would be yeah. problematic. Right. I mean, maybe not the final blow, but definitely a big blow 
right? If you yeah. get a healthy playoff focused, motivated Rondo on yeah. a team that, you know, um, is already talented. And so I would, I would hate to see that. Um, and I would also not like to see a Westbrook going to, um, going to the Clippers either. I don't think it'll be good for the Clippers if Westbrook is there. Mm. I think they need a little bit more of a distributor, but you know, we'll see how that all plays out. You I hear you, but at the same time, I think Paul George is, if he's, if he's not now because everybody's seen, he was the most overrated player in the league by far. I don't even think it's a question about how overrated Paul George is. So I don't think that they'll get over the hump with Paul George. And at this point, I feel, it just feels like they're throwing things at a wall and saying, you know, we'll try anything. But at a certain point, you have to ride with what you have. I don't, like, I don't know how many moves they can make. Like, it's amazing to me. And they traded a first round to the Knicks for Marcus Morris. Like, how, what? Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? And so, uh, you know, it, maybe, I don't know. Russ plays angry and he can't shoot to save his life. But I, I don't know. I'm a huge Clipper hater. So for me, yeah, I don't, I don't whatever think, makes I them worse. I don't see it for Russ. I don't think Russ is the answer. Um, but I think they're responding to what Kawhi wants. Kawhi wants a point guard, a true, real, legit point guard. Yep. Right? And he's had mm-hmm. his best success when he's had one. Right? Mm-hmm. And so he's looking for one. And, and I don't think Russ is that answer. Um, true. But I believe a Chris Paul is the answer. Hands down. True. Like, that's a good answer. And a Rondo's a good secondary answer if Chris Paul's the first. Yeah. So those are, those are my thoughts there. Um, but we're speaking about champions right now, and I like that kind of talk, man. I like that <laughs> champion talk, yo. Absolutely. So we're talking about champions in the NBA. Let's switch over to the NFL. Let's do it. And this year seems to be, you know, like very, you know, open. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the race in the AFC is still open. The race in the NFC is still open. Um, but in your opinion, are there some clear teams that, that stand out to you? Is there a team in the NFC that stands out as your right now, your, you know, champion um, favorite or your conference champion favorite? Yeah, sure. Um, for me, it is wide open, but a lot of the, like the wide openness of it, for example, the NFC East is wide open. Nobody from the NFC East is doing anything in the playoffs right? Like that's the worst division in football by far. So while it is wide open and and I mean, we're still, we're going into week 10 right now. So we haven't started to see people get eliminated yet, but we're about to start seeing, you know, the next three weeks, we're going to have the bottom third of the league finally eliminated from, from contention. Um, And then you've got on the flip side, you've got divisions like the AFC North where you've got three teams with winning records with playoff aspirations. Um, but it's, it's funny because it strikes me, you know, when I looked at the, the Ravens um, this past week, I was looking at the Ravens record and it's way better than I thought it was because all I ever see from the Ravens is just nothing. Like there's no, they have nobody at wide receiver. They have nobody at tight end. Their defense is nothing to write home about. And like I, and they're still doing well and still in the hunt. And if Pittsburgh slips up a couple of times, they're on, they're in first place. Um, I think as far as clear cut favorites, you know, you've got, um, the Steelers obviously, but they looked real bad against the Cowboys, but that's going to happen in the NFL, right? You're going to have bad games happens in every sport, but in the NFL it's magnified because you only play 16 games. Um, so you've got, you've got Pittsburgh, um, the chiefs, obviously, I mean, how many weapons can Patrick Mahomes have? And, and, and that defense looks great. Like they look like an all around great team who very well might repeat. Um, 
they've beaten some good teams. They've beaten the teams they were supposed to beat. Um, so you've got, yeah, Steelers, Chiefs. Um, those are the two probably in the AFC. I think the Bills will, you know, be in the conversation. Uh, the Titans will be in the conversation. But I don't think come playoff time – every time I say that about the Titans, though, they come out and they win one or two playoff games and I look like an idiot. Um, so they've got – I mean, they got a good run game. Ryan Tannehill is a lot better than he gets credit for. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you've got the Steelers, you've got the Chiefs, and you've got everybody else. Um, in the NFC, I know – that Russell Wilson has played very well with the exception of this last week's game or this last game that he played. Um, but their defense is so bad that there is no way in hell that I think that they can go through the playoffs. Um, I think that you need something like the offense that they have to, to, to win the Super Bowl, but you've got to back it up with the defense. I mean, this is a defense that got Jamal Adams in a trade in the off season and is I think dead last in the league in, uh, in passing yards allowed. So how does that make sense? You know, long gone are the days of the Legion of Boom. And then if you look at the pieces of the Legion of Boom, what are they doing now? Nothing. By and large, nothing. The thing for me is their defensive line. Their defensive line hasn't gotten any better. They tried to bring in David Clowney to shore things up. He left in free agency after the last year. Did fine, but nothing impressive. Um, so I don't think Seattle – I think Seattle looks good on paper when you look at their record. I think their offense looks fantastic. You look at their sc- the points they put up, it's awesome, but I don't think that they really have a legitimate shot. Um, for me, I got the Packers. The Packers are finally getting everyone back and healthy. I mean, they've had you know, people out with injury. They had COVID. They had all of these problems. If they stay healthy, to me, they're playing in a good division. They're beating up on their divisional opponents. I think they lost to the Bears. I might be wrong about that, but um, they're, doing, they're doing well in their division. I really think that they're going to come out and finish the year as the one or two seed. Um, and then the Bucks. I know the Bucks just got absolutely obliterated by uh, Drew Brees and the Saints. But, I mean, Tom Brady has, has, has an off game. Uh, the running game was non-existent. I think they rushed five times, that, four times that game. Yeah, four rushes in that game. So um, they abandoned it early. One, I mean, they had to. Kneel down, so it counted as five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, I mean, um, I think they'll get it together. I think that Antonio Brown playing with Tom Brady, he's living with Tom Brady. Um, I think that's just going to take a week or two, but then what are they? they Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. Um, and then, Oh, Scott Miller, the other wide receiver. They've got everyone and their mother at running back. They sort of remind me of the Lakers when the Lakers signed Carl Malone and Gary Payton. Um, cause you've got like Tom Brady and, uh, Rob Gronkowski and, uh, Leonard Fournette and Shady and all these guys just without like, they don't have Shaq and Kobe. Right. But it's like the Carl Malone, Gary Payton, just old, you know, past their prime guys trying to get it together. And they, they largely have, I mean, they've had a couple of losses. This one was pretty bad. Um, but I think they bounce back. I mean, well, they, they got Carolina this week. So the, they got Carolina this week. Um, Carolina doesn't have Christian McCaffrey. So I, it's all over for me in, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, Packers and Packers and Bucks and then um, uh, Chiefs and Steelers. And I think if anything, you know, maybe the Seahawks get something going. I think the Cardinals are still a year or two away 
um, a piece or two away. They look real good, but um, we'll see what happens. Wow, wow. Okay, so here's, here's my thought. We're at the beyond the midway point, right? Mm-hmm. We're beyond the halfway point. Um, you mentioned a couple of these MVP candidates that I'm thinking about, right? Russell mm-hmm. Wilson being one of them. Yep. Um, you mentioned – um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, right? And I don't know if this is that year for him. They, he's, he's looking good at times, and then she's slightly off. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers, who's mm-hmm. looking phenomenal, especially, you know, when um, Devontae Adams is, is there. So, and even when he's not there, he's still looking great, yep. right? Still lighting mm-hmm. it up. Um, and then, but you haven't mentioned a guy like Delvin Cook, who's somebody, you know, who I can actually absolutely see kind of blasting off what, he, what, what he's been doing for the past few weeks. Right now, if you have to kind of name uh, – uh, MVP, right? Who's that guy for you? Uh, my opinion is Russ. Like projecting the season out, it's Russ. And the reason it's Russ, the reason it's not Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook hasn't done this every single week since week one. If he'd been doing it every week since week one, if he was going to break 2,000 yards or he's on pace right now for 28 total touchdowns, I think that comes down. I don't think he gets there. Um, but if he hits 2,000 yards, it's him. I mean, we've had, what, three 2,000-yard rushers in history, Chris Johnson, Adrian Peterson, and uh, the guy who has the record. I'm slipping on his name. Oh, man. I'm going to get clowned for this. The Ravens, right? No. Oh, Lord. We'll come back to it. Um, but uh, people are going to be listening to your show and like, this guy writes for football and he doesn't – I can't think of his name. That's the worst. Um, so, so for me, it's Russ. The reason it's Russ – so I, I, I was, I dove, I took a deep dive into this, um, trying to figure out. I was thinking Jamal Lewis, right? Jamal Lewis is the one that he owns the single season rushing record. I don't know if he owns it. I know he passed 2000 yards. Um, I remember that he's from the rushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 2003. Oh, all right. Well, then there's another one. Whoever owns the record. And, I um, him. and then, uh, Chris Johnson. I think you mentioned Chris Johnson, right? Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson. That's who I was that's who I was and looking I remember, for. Th- and I remember Jamal Lewis because he was right there getting ready to surpass yep. the record, right? Yep. Um, so there were six people. Barry Sanders also did it. And then Eric Dickerson, Terrell Davis, Chris Johnson, and OJ. So so more than I thought. Um but so so yeah, if he if he does and the and the Vikings get into the like the wild card then I would say it'll probably go to him, but uh, Russell Wilson's exactly halfway through his season at this point. He, so if he, if he keeps this up, he's on pace for 56 touchdowns. If he hits 56 touchdowns, he gets the record. Now MVPs since 2013, either well, two things, they either led the league in touchdowns or they were within two touchdowns of the league leader and they were second place. So every MVP since 2013 has been a quarterback that has led the league in touchdowns or was within two of the league leader that season. The last four times the touchdown record has been broken. So Dan Marino in 84 set the broke the previous record, won the MVP. Peyton Manning in 2004 broke the record, won MVP. Tom Brady in 07 broke the record, won MVP. And then Peyton Manning in 2013 broke the record, won MVP. So Russ would break the record. Plus, he would lead the league in touchdowns. I like the odds of the hype that would surround it, right? Because that's what it is. It's how much hype comes in at the end of the season. And if you've got a decent body of work and then 
every headline is Russell Wilson is X amount of touchdowns away from breaking the record. Russell Wilson broke the record by X amount of touchdowns. That team's probably going to win the NFC West. Um, they very well might finish one or two. Um, I just don't, I just think they don't have the defense to get done in the postseason or in the postseason. Um, and then Patrick Mahomes will be trailing behind him. So Patrick Mahomes got 25 touchdowns right now through nine games. Um, so at this pace, Russ would be significantly ahead of him. So he wouldn't fit that, that criteria. I think Dalvin cook's the only non QB in the discussion. Um, and I, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers sets a really high standard and it's not super flashy anymore. Uh, used to be when he was throwing like Hail Marys, you know, you'd watch the greatest Hail Mary compilations of Aaron Rodgers. And it's like 10 passes in a row from the same year, right. Where he's winning games with Hail Marys, but now he's just, he's just doing what he always does. He's not having a down season by anybody's standards, but like what was Aaron Rodgers' career best year. So um, I just don't think people are paying enough attention to him. I think Russ gets himself out there a lot more um, in the media and, you know, uh, he's always positive too. People like positivity, especially right now. Aaron Rodgers, you know, typically has like an attitude that people don't really care for, things like that. And I think that plays against you with voters, right? So, um, so for me, if the season pans out the way it's headed right now, it's Russ. If last game the Seahawks played is a tale of things to come, then it's Mahomes. But I don't think, I don't think that he's going to throw four interceptions, you know, again this year, probably. Wow. Um, I look at guys like Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow, right? These guys who are out there doing their thing, um, just hopping into the league but being impactful, right? Mm-hmm. Starting off the, uh, the, their career impactful. If At this point, halfway point, who's your rookie of the year? I love Justin Jefferson. I really do. Um, but Joe Burrow's breaking records. Joe Burrow's out here breaking rookie records. So um, he's, I think he's the fastest to 221 completions. Um, Or no, through someone's first eight starts, he is the, he has the most completions. Um, So he's definitely benefited from T Higgins um, stepping up and, and showing out for, for Cincinnati. Um, But also again, let's talk about the voters Um, who came into the league with more fanfare right? Joe Burrow was on, it's the same thing we're doing with Trevor Lawrence right now. It's the same thing we did with Baker Mayfield and Johnny Manziel and, and all these guys. Um, every headline was about Joe Burrow. Um, so I don't think that Justin Jefferson gets enough. Justin Jefferson, Justin Jackson, Justin Jefferson. I get it mixed up. Who is it? Jefferson. There it is. Um, but yeah, he's, so he's second in the league with 18.4 yards per, uh, reception in qual like in qualified, you know, X amount of pass attempt or reception attempts. So he's definitely having a phenomenal year. Talk about stepping in for Stefan Diggs and solving that problem. Like great job by the Minnesota Vikings um, for bringing him in. I just think, you know, it's, it's a quarterback, it's a quarterback league, right? It's uh, it's like baseball, you know, it's that old baseball saying chicks dig the long ball. Like it's the same thing here. You know, everybody loves the quarterback and even though he's not winning, he's playing, he's playing well. Um, and, and he's winning. He's not as exciting in my opinion as Justin Herbert, but Justin Herbert keeps losing one score games. And I think that that at the end of the day, if you had them neck and neck, even if their record was the same, how many one score games did Justin Herbert lose? And then the flip side of that argument is, well, he was, you know, he kept the team within one score, but like, they're just getting their heart. I mean, the Chargers are getting their hearts broken 
on a weekly basis at this point. I think I lost you there, boss. I said, but wait, we're talking about her versus Tom Brady, right? You got her versus Drew Brees, right? You got him versus these stars, and he's taking them to the brink. He's True. taking those stars to the brink, and they just can't lose to a rookie. Like, that's kind of what it is for them, <laughs> right? Like, it's all of a sudden you see their pride come out. Like, you see them, like, really – but he's bringing them to the brink. Now, he is. I, I don't know. You, you see um, Joe. Joe's looking good, but he ain't bringing the grace to the brink like that. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I'm not, you know, like moving forward, I don't trust the Cincinnati organization at all. Um, I also don't trust the Chargers organization at all. Um, I mean, you're talking about a Chargers organization that couldn't get it done with Phillip Rivers, LaDainian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates, and everybody that came through on defense. And they still couldn't finish. Um, So this guy, if he's not, you know, the second coming of – Tom Brady or Joe Montana, like what, what is he going to be able to, like, is he going to be able to overcome all of those things? They got some great receiving options though. Um, I like their receiving core way more than Cincinnati's. Um, Austin Eckler, we'll see what happens when he gets back. Hopefully he gets back and, and things get a little bit better. He is taking him to the brink, but also, I mean, I guess you have to pick an argument, right? Because my whole thing is he's taking him to the brink, but it's like, how old are they? You know, they're, they're well past their prime. He wouldn't, he's not taking 07, Brady and Breeze to the break, right? Like they're going to run him out of the building. Um, but then, you know, I, I've got the Bucks headed to the top of the NFC. So, I mean, he is keeping him within one score, but at a certain point you have to finish just for his own mind, right? Just for his own mental, because um, there's no doubt the dude can throw. I mean, every single week. So when I write, uh, we cover news on Sundays. Every single week I'm following news and Justin Herbert threw another 20 plus yard touchdown on a dime. And so that's great. But is he Joe Flacco? I don't know yet. Right. Because Joe Flacco had that nice deep ball. He got it done that one time, but what's the ceiling here? How far does it go? I pray before all of my, all of my heavenly hosts that um, he's not Joe Flacco. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. Yo, Let's hop in, man. Um, you're a writer, and, and, and we've mentioned that. I want to give you a few. Let's play a game. We play this game called Headlines every now and again. And All right. So, um, I have a scenario for you, and what I want to know is what will your headline be, right, and then why? And so I'll give you a okay. scenario. You give me your headline, and you tell me why that's your headline, right? And so I know when, when – I, I write every now and again, too. And when I'm writing, like, the biggest deal is the headline, right? Sure. Biggest deal of the headline. If they're going to click or not click, is based mm-hmm. on this headline, right? Oh, yeah. And so let's kind of create some. Here's my first scenario for you. You're writing a story about Tampa losing to the New Orleans Saints. What's the headline and why? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, so I, I did a version of this this past uh, – this morning, actually. Uh, not a version of the game, but if, I, I wrote about uh, the, the Buccaneers and Saints – like I wrote about the Buccaneers upcoming game. And so I did a recap of the, the, the Buck saints game. Um, I probably say from, so for me, I, I've been trying to learn a lot about uh, like analytics, like you're saying, um, I probably put Tom Brady after loss to bucks and then quote, it starts with me. Um, Cause Tom Brady said, or yeah, Tom. So I would say Tom Brady after lost to Saints, it starts with me, um, because 
he came out and I'd use this quote in there that says, uh, everybody's got to be better. And it starts with me. Um, he knew what he did. He knew that he threw three interceptions in that game. Everybody wants to kill Tom Brady on social media, right? So anytime you put Tom Brady in the headline, you got a, you got a decent chance of somebody seeing it and wanting to click on it, whether they like Tom Brady or they hate Tom Brady, everybody wants to get in on it. So that's, that's probably what I would go with there. All right, cool, cool. It starts with me. All right, here we go. Second one. You ready? Ready. Here we go. So you're writing a story about Seattle Seahawks and their Super Bowl odds. What's the headline and why? Okay. Um, I was actually looking at Super Bowl odds. They are right here. Let me look at them real quick. All right, so they're plus 900. Okay. Ooh, they're ahead of the Packers. Um, so I'd probably hit you with um, Seahawks Super Bowl odds, and then a colon. Uh, let me give me a second here. I'm trying to I'm trying to give you something good. I want to get you a good good headline. So Seahawks Super Bowl odds colon, um, and then just better than the Packers with a question mark. So the odds are better than the Packers, but the story would be about how I don't think there's any chance that the Seahawks have a better shot to win the Super Bowl than the Packers do. Mm-hmm. And then you got people who like me would be like the Seahawks or if you're following football, you've seen how bad that Seahawks defense is. And you've seen what's going on in green Bay. Like it doesn't make any sense to me that the, the Seahawks odds are better, especially being in the same conference, right? Cause they'd have to play each other. That's the point. Yeah. I want to see, um, I want to see what that looks like at the end of the day. I want to see that Packers team. They have a glaring weakness too. And I think that's the biggest deal with most of these NFC teams, right? That they have some big weakness. And the Packers team, they can't stop the run, like, to save their lives. That's their glaring. True. Um, the Seahawks, they can't stop anything. <laughs> they're doing. <laughs> that's their glaring weakness, right? Yeah. Bucks, they can't seem to find chemistry. Like, they're mm-hmm. up and down. It's like, yep. we're here. We're not like you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Like they can't get it together, and they keep adding pieces to operations <laughs> that needs more chemistry. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Look, Absolutely. I'm I'm pretty sure that you you mentioned the um the Legion of Boom right? Earl Thomas is still out there. Bet twenty they add him next <laughs> week. <laughs> you might as well at this point. Yeah. I'd throw anybody out there. I'll go. So, you know, and I'll play for free. <laughs> and who wouldn't? Right? Like. Oh yeah combination um, i i played with tom brady one time it's just exactly and again we talked about that with lebron james right it, betting against lebron or betting with lebron james made you a lot of money over the years betting with tom brady has made you a lot of money over the years it's yeah. the same deal it's your best on paper shot to make the make the ship and the lakers were able to do it right dwight came back played his role and did it um rondo re-signed and did it um who else? Uh, Dion Waiters, even though, you know, yeah, he didn't. J.R. Smith. Yeah, like, <laughs> Earl Thomas is J.R. Smith, right? He can just come and take his shirt off and, and hey, try man, to win a title. <laughs> and so, so I, I hear you. Um, the thing about the, the – a potential – this is – we didn't plan on talking about this, but a potential Seahawks-Packers matchup, um, it's going to depend on the health of the Seahawks running backs, right? Mm-hmm. So Chris Carson, has, who, as somebody who drafted him, like I believe first round, um, <laughs> you, you too. Uh, he's been out a lot. And so he's been great when he's there. 
but like he's a great pass catching tight end or uh, running back. Like he he can run for sure, but he's not gonna he's not gonna rush for over a hundred yards against the Packers. I don't think he might catch you know ten passes for a hundred and fifteen yards, um, and add you know another forty on the ground. But ideally, they'd be able to stack that box or not stack that box, drop back in coverage and force them to run the ball, which isn't something that they do on a regular basis. They win those games because Russ slings it all over the field. He creates, he runs out of the pocket, he runs around, or he stands poised and takes contact. Like he's, Russ is, here you go, here's a hot take. Russ might be the greatest to ever do it, just in terms of sheer talent and ability to change things and find ways out of situations. And I don't think you're wrong. And I think I think he's also one of the best to ever do it in terms of not getting hurt while doing those True. things. Right? True. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he creates this new way of being mobile and being exciting while mm-hmm. also keeping yourself safe, right? Yeah. And so I, I love that about Russ. Um, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you this last headline. You ready? Let's for do it? it. Here we go, man. All right, you're writing a story about the possibility of Dallas taking a QB in the first round. What's the headline and why? <laughs> oh man, I would tell, I would tell Chris, the guy who who runs the website there. I'd be like, Chris, I'm not writing that article. You can write that article if you want to. Um, oh man, picking a, I think Dallas right now is two and seven, so that puts them probably third. Fields, Trey Lance range. Yeah, yeah. So they, I mean, they could do it. They could definitely do it. Um, gosh, I would. Am I? What, what position am I taking on this? Am I taking the they're going to or the they're not going to position? All right. If I'm taking the they're not going to position, which is the way I would definitely go with that. Um, uh, yeah, I would. I would just. I, I would probably get you with. Um, Dallas Cowboys. I, I probably just get you a little a little snippet. Just Dallas Cowboys have too many holes to draft a QB in the first round. Um, they got way too many other problems, and they got 19 quarterbacks on that roster. Um, so the quarterback play is not necessarily what's killing them. Um, I th- I also wrote about Dallas. Um, I they were. They'd only won one game. They won the game against the Falcons before Dak went down. And they were scoring ridiculous amounts of points. So uh, they, I thought they, they won that Falcons game 40-39 to 39 off that weird onside kick, flip, floop-de-doo thing that happened where nobody touched it. Um, so they're, they're one play away from not winning a game with Dak Prescott all season. Mm. Like, they got other problems. Zeke hasn't even... Uh, broken the hundred yard mark once this year rushing. I mean, he's probably done it combined, but rushing, he has not done it at all this season. They've got CD lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz is a half decent tight end. Not if you're playing fantasy, but like out there on the field. Um, so for me, I don't think that they're going to, I mean, I guess I just made the argument as to why they should take a quarterback in the first round. Um, but they were scoring too many points, and I don't think that's the problem. They need to fix their defense. They don't have one. Um, they showed up real well against Pittsburgh, but where has that been against every other team in the league? I mean, where was that against the Giants? I think that Giants game combined score was like 70-something points. Um, 
where Dak went down and Andy Dalton came in in relief. Uh, to me, they've just got too many holes. They, they, they have not had a – when was the last time Dallas had a secondary that was worth anything? Never. Like, I can't – not in my life. I'm 30 years old. Not in my lifetime. Have they had a secondary? I'm sure that there has been one or two. But they just – they give up tons of passing yards. They can't stop the run except for this past week against Pittsburgh. So maybe they get it together here, and then maybe they draft a, draft a QB in the first round. But I, I don't see it. Will they probably take one in, like, the fifth or sixth round? Probably. Um, I think they've seen everything they needed to see out of uh, – what's his face? Danucci. Um, and then that the guy who played last week, uh, Gilbert, whatever, Gilbert, that dude yeah, Gilbert. has been in the league for seven years. Did not know that until this week. I thought it was another young guy. Nah, man, Gary Gilbert is the AAF legend. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, he was playing with the Orlando Apollos. Yeah. Killing it. All, yeah. All, I think it was what? Yeah, whenever that season was, whenever the AAF season was, mm-hmm. summers ago, yep. right, he was that guy. He, he, he was pretty good. And look, he lit it up there, right? I think he led the league in passing and in passing yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, right, he was lighting it up for real. Yeah, he, but like. There was his coach, like mm-hmm. he was killing it. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the league, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're in the league. Now you got to play with the big boys. Now you got to play with the guys who, you know, made it. And well, he took Big Ben to the brink. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did. But like, okay, what's Big Ben's health looking like? Is Big Ben going to be all right? That's the other thing. You mentioned, you know, Russ does a great job. You expect a guy like Big Ben to be able to take hits and, and get back up and keep going. And that dude, other than last season, I mean, he's missed games, sure. But that dude takes a beating. Like that man's body has just been through hell and he gets up every single week and just keeps coming out, keeps coming out, keeps coming out. And that's what happened this past week. He hurt his knee and then left and then came back out and held on to win the game. Their biggest problem is their running game. James Conner has not been the James Conner of old. And that is what is killing Pittsburgh. Boy, does my fantasy team know it. Oh, did we draft the same fantasy team? I don't know. But I'm, I, I tell you what, I've been decimated by injuries all season Preach. long, and Preach. I've been trying to work my way around that. Right, like mm-hmm. picking up a Chase Edmonds, trying to see what he'll do. I mean, I've been going through it, man. I, I don't even want to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. But yo, thank you so much for joining us, yo. We truly appreciate it. We appreciate your insight and your opinions, man. It's awesome, yo. Tell us where we can find you, uh, where we can find your articles, you know, where we can get in contact with more of this content that you're dishing out. Absolutely, man. I just first and foremost want to say thanks for having me on. Uh, this has been a pleasure and you've been you know, great to work with behind the scenes as well. And uh, I've been looking forward to this for about a week now since we started talking. And uh, this is this is a great, great, great time. Um, so anytime you want to bring me back, you just let me know and I'll be back for you. But uh, you can find me at the Zach Mamba. Two- <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. Uh, you can find me at the Zach Mamba 24 on Twitter. So the Z-A-C-H Mamba 24. Um, it's like the black mamba, but you know, my name. Um, <laughs> and then you can also find me, uh, at profootballaction.com. So we, we cover, like I said, at the beginning, we cover the NFL, uh, from a sports betting and fantasy football perspective mostly. Um, so that's kind of our, our focus there. Uh, in, in addition to that, I do a weekly segment that just dropped this week for the first time on, um, the Kirby on sports podcast. And I do four or five game lines and over unders um, and kind of go through those quickly in an audio format. That's also what I do at pro football action. So uh, one of the things you can look out for from me on pro football action is the weekly breakdown where I break down three key matchups 
give you the spreads, the over-unders, and then a little backstory on the teams, how they got there, and then what I expect to happen this week. And, yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. Yo, thank you so much. We appreciate you joining us. It was an awesome time, man. I, look, that, that was the first time we've played the headlines game with, a, <laughs> you know, like we played it internally, but we've sure. never done it with the guests before. Sure. And so um, I think I'm going to add it, man. I liked it. I liked All right, it. good. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you weren't like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> yo, we appreciate you joining us. Y'all go ahead and follow him, yo, at the Zach Mamba. <laughs> Y'all heard it. <laughs> Y'all go ahead and follow him at the Zach Mamba, yo. Um, we truly appreciate you. You've been awesome behind the scenes as well. So thank you so much for joining us, and we would definitely invite you back. Awesome. Thanks, right. man. Take care. Hey, look, you're out there. You're listening. We thank you, and we appreciate you. Go ahead and follow us. Go ahead and subscribe. We love you. We appreciate you, and we can't wait to give you more of this amazing content. Have a phenomenal day. Spectacular! They don't want me to be killing. They figure I'd never be hot as a killer gorilla. When I'm in the booth of the feeling, you know what the deal is. Now get out your feelings, so this going to be critical. Cut thing umbilical. Put me inside of a mind of a criminal. Meaning I'm moving the silence of criminal. We get king up in the pool of familiar. Humming a feeling, bro. Hey. Are you a musician or someone with a small business and want to get more attention to your business and to your music? How about you get an ad with the MTMV Sports Podcast? By doing that, all you have to do is DM me, Nora Natish, at Nora, N-O-R-A, underscore Natish, N-A-T-I-S-H, on Instagram or Twitter. I will help you be able to get your song on our song of the week list and your ad for your business on MTMV Sports Podcast episodes. Hit me up if you want that hookup.